And I was always like, I don't want that life. I need the steady income. But like I said, the more I started talking to people, the more I became a student of finance, of the stock market, the more energized I became. And I saw people around me becoming energized. And so the only you know, the thing, only thing that made sense to me was like, we got to do this right Welcome now. to the Prince George's Daily. In this season, we will take a look back at some of our favorite interviews. We will revisit the in-depth and often surprising stories from some of our outstanding Prince Georgians. We will review concepts from education to business to the Center for Performing Arts, all in Prince George's County. And of course, every episode, we will share the latest local weather and news. Hello, Prince George's County. I'm Del Roden, and today is January 15th, 2020. In today's episode of the Prince George's Daily, we have a unique opportunity to learn about personal investment and finance from a Prince Georgian who is definitely doing the dang thing. What has your life experience taught you? How can you use that education to secure the bag? Find out from Heavenly Bee and our Prince Georgian of the Day, Ricky Jones, coming up right after the weather. In today's weather, we are expecting morning fog to give way to afternoon sun and a high temperature in the mid-50s. Our low tonight will be in the mid-40s. Tomorrow, the high temperature will peak in the lower to mid-50s. And tomorrow night, a cold front moves in and we can expect temperatures just below freezing. Cooler air for the weekend as well. According to the National Weather Service, our sunrise was at 723 this morning and sunset this afternoon will take place at around 508. That's the weather for January 15th, 2020. Stay with us after Heavenly Bee and our Prince George another day, we will bring you news from the desk of Lillian Torres. In today's news, Lillian explains the punishment for a horrific crime in the county. What can nearly $50 billion get you these days? Larry Hogan tries to explain that. And why is the county joining a lawsuit against the U.S. Census Bureau? You'll want to stay tuned for news today Right now, though, let's hear from our own Prince Georgian of the Day, Ricky Jones. Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Heavenly B, here with the Prince George's Daily. And today, I am in the studio with Ricky Jones, who I like to call Ricky J. Say hello to my people. What's up, everyone? <laughs> Thank you for having me, Heavenly. I'm so happy to be here. It is my pleasure, girl. I'm excited about today. So we're going to get into this first by you letting my listeners know exactly who you are and a little bit about your background. Sure. So my name is, like Heavenly said, Ricky O'Reilly Jones. I'm from the Washington, D.C. area. I started a career fresh out of not grad school, but undergrad in radio doing broadcasting. So it's lovely to see like the tables have turned <laughs> i was sharing with heavily before we came on air that you know I, I after working in radio for about six years i found my voice and it was in policy making and working in government and that translated to something that is very near and dear to me uh finance and so now you know i'm in the world of finance and launching recently my own startup which is so important right in this uh climate and especially with our demographic people um i feel like finance and financial literacy is so important and so what better uh place to be than a place of service and to serve the need of the community right absolutely and that's what you know that was the impediment for helping or the idea behind uh, V Beta. Mm-hmm. And it was really like looking at the statistics that suggest that women and minorities, particularly, that they are risk averse and that they don't want to 
you know, get into finance. They don't know what they don't know, really. There's a whole new language that you have to learn, a jargon. And so kind of like trying to eliminate some of those those myths about finance is kind of what we're dedicated to. Awesome. So uh, tell me a little bit more about the actual services that you provide with your company, Vibeta. Yeah, so it's V-Beta. Oh, and V-Beta. It's, it's a play on the French word V, which is life, and beta, which is a financial term, so it's a measure of a stock's volatility. So what we say is we help investors to navigate stock market volatility so that they can have um, financial security, so a life of financial security, rather. Awesome. And so some of the services, we our program design is three-tiered. So we provide a curriculum for new to experienced investors. And then we host monthly events because you really don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So we have, you know, monthly events so like-minded in- individuals can come together and just, you know, talk stuff, talk shop. Um, and then the third event is community. Um, we have an exclusive V-Betas members-only events that we have so that you can really, like, get to know some of the trade secrets that I put up air quotes because, you know, it's just really just people that are experts, at, people at all levels, really, just speaking, like, hey, these are the investments I'm investing in. What are you investing in? Yeah. And and the reality is that every every um, industry has trade secrets. So you do <laughs> want to get to <laughs> events like this. If you want to put yourself at an event, at a at an advantage in whatever industry you're in. Absolutely. Promise that. I tell people that even with the beauty industry, oh, y'all don't want to go to trade shows? Great. Let me keep making the money then (laughs) because things shift so much and new things come up. Um, So you told me how you got the – no, you did not tell me how you got the idea of going into your own company. You told me that you went into the government. Mm-hmm. But what made you say, okay, look, I'm about to transition. I want to start my own. I'm excited. And tell me what that feeling was like. Well, it, you know, starting something new, pursuing a new challenge could be both exciting and, like, nerve-wracking at the same time because you're entering a space that is unknown. And also there are new financial elements, you know, because you have to – a cost to start your business but the motivation for it was just you know being a a student of finance and also talking to women talking to minorities talking to people that look like me and realizing that there is this huge interest despite what Mm -hmm. the statistics say that we are otherwise risk adverse and you know when in retirement people they don't necessarily have the funds and the cash on hand they need to to survive in retirement so that was the motivation. It's like, okay, we see V-Beta as a solution to the problem at hand, and we can really help to create generational wealth for, you know. Absolutely. You're talking my language. <laughs> that's That's been on my mind so much <clears throat> recently. It's just about legacy. I've always, if you know you know me, other people have known me, I've always kind of been a forward thinker, always wanting to, like, break barriers, and my motivation for that has always been legacy. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it's, like, hitting me at a different level now, mm-hmm. like where, all right, we got to get these finances set up in a certain way where not just my children, but my children's children will Absolutely. be able to benefit from that. So I don't think it's a coincidence that you're here today. Uh, I won't <laughs> do it. Won't <laughs> um, So have you always been entrepreneurial or do you feel like entrepreneurship kind of found you? Uh, definitely more the latter. So no, <laughs> my father, God bless him. He recently retired after 33 years in 
uh, as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, and I often saw all of his challenges, and I was always like, I don't want that life. I need the steady income. But like I said, the more I started talking to people, the more I became a student of finance, of the stock market, the more energized I became, and I saw people around me becoming energized, and so the only you know, the thing, only thing that made sense to me was like, we got to do this right mm-hmm. now because there's a need for it. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back for a minute. Tell me, you kind of hinted at where you started when we met, mm-hmm. but tell me what the picture of your dream occupation was when you first <laughs> left high school. <laughs> picture? It was working in Paint radio. It. it was working in radio. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Leaving high school, that is, but you know, being so young, that that kind of changes, that yeah. shifts. But it was definitely like it was more entrepreneurial in nature. Now that I look back, mm-hmm. I wanted to work, ha- make my own schedule, and to a certain extent, you could do that in radio. Mm-hmm. And it looked nothing like it does now, <laughs> I'd say. Um, because, you know, as an entrepreneur, a lot of people think, you know, while I do work 60 plus hours a week in trying to get this at scale, I also work a 40 plus hour a week at a job that pays my bills right now. Mm-hmm. So Woo! there's a lot of balance and a lot of commitment. Girl, are you still sane? <laughs> <laughs> people don't know the, the what you really go through to build a business. And so that's one of the reasons why we made it our business to speak highlight that um, aspect of things this season because as glamorous as it is <laughs> quotes um, there is a whole other side of that that's going to take some sacrifice and that sacrifice is listen I got to work until this thing can fully take care of my, my, my lifestyle absolutely right <laughs> okay so what have been the most rewarding parts? First, when did you start the company? So we were in ideation for about two years formally. We are really bootstrapping. We launched April of this year. Okay. So things are definitely still coming together. April is a lucky month. That's my birthday month. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, in these past, what, six or so months, mm-hmm. what has been the most rewarding parts of the journey? So some of the outcomes of our our earliest polling, um, being able to look at the data um, and seeing that of the, out of 75 people polled, both men and women, so men represent some of the minority investors uh, and women of all races and ethnicities, of those 75, 80 to 93 percent of them reported that a higher financial literacy post attending a V-Beta event. So that is hugely rewarding. Like we're in yeah. this for, for growth and impact. And that to us right now is impact. Awesome. I love it. Okay. <laughs> now, well, you know we must go to the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> what have been <clears throat> the most challenging aspects of uh, running a business? Mm, they're, they're numbered. <laughs> yeah. Break it down. Um, I definitely say that... You know, just getting started. Some of the startup costs can certainly be a challenge, but also um, the hours that we mentioned already, like the 60 plus hours on one end and, and the startup and then the 40 plus hours is just trying to be like a normal human being performing yeah. at your, the job that pays your bills. And then also like there you can oftentimes get distracted. Right. Like you look at other businesses that are in market 
and you're like, wow, wow, that business is doing this. But some of the really great advice that I got early on was, you know, people that are doing what you're doing, operating financial literacy, that's market validation. Mm-hmm. And so early on when we were identifying our mission and vision, we we had to really hash out what our value proposition was going to be. And I think that we've been able to do that successfully and narrowing our scope and while still, you know, penetrating the market. So are you part, partnered with someone and how many partners do you have? So I have one other partner. Uh, his name is Pierre Gorm. He is the chief financial accountant. So mm-hmm. it's wonderful, like not having to do this by myself, but also being able to do it in partnership with somebody who is smart and knows the industry as well, if not better than I do. Amazing. All right. So, what advice now that you're in this thing? You got your foot in the door and you're doing it. Like, what advice would you give someone who comes to you and says, Ricky? I want to be an entrepreneur. (laughs) Like what steps would you advise them to take and what mindset would you advise them to have before entering into it? Just be ready to, to go as hard as you can. Don't be discouraged. Um, I think that there, like I said, there are a lot of things that can be discouraging, but know that what's for you will not pass you by and what's meant for you will be had. Um, if you are committed to something and dedicated to it, you're committed to growth, you're committed to impact, then I think that you'll you'll touch and penetrate whatever market that you are entering in. And there are so many resources through uh, SBAs, there's small business development centers, the women business centers, there's so many resources available to entrepreneurs these days that, you know, if you need the counseling, you need the capital, the assistance is there. It's really you being motivated enough to get there. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and also, I think um, it's it's really about you seeing the big, bigger picture. I always tell you, you have to be a visionary. Mm-hmm. You have to in this thing <laughs> because I don't know. Have you have you reached any of those rocky patches yet? Because it's still pretty early. Where you're like, um, did I do this, or that hasn't hit you yet? Something. I mean, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, to be real, to be transparent. Every day, right? Yeah. It's like every day. It's like, am I doing this right? Like, is my branding off? Is my mark? Like, all of these things we think about. And I think another one of the things that I wish that I had have known, like, earlier is the the poll early and just continue to poll. Mm-hmm. So that's a great way that we discover it later on to, to win grants. And that's money that we don't have to pay back. So, yeah, we have some data now. We have some points. But if we had started like two, three years ago when we were really thinking about this, how much data would we have had and how much more support financial financial assistance would we have had yeah. um, to date? So, yeah, poll early poll often, people. <laughs> so tell me how important it is to um – have a niche for us it's it's been pivotal and i think that our business model exists on having and operating within a particular niche um that's for us that's for our game plan and that's not to say that every you know other people can't do it differently i've seen very broad-based concepts and they seem to be doing very well um it's really in your market and the people that you're really trying to penetrate and it could exist in a broad or a narrow niche. Okay. How do you, Ricky, define this success? Let me ask that question again. Cause <laughs> How do you define success? For me, it's, you know, a lot of people say that it's money. And, you know, I want to make X amount of dollars by X amount of time. Um, and while money is important, I think that for 
for me, it's really growth. I, I want to continue to be a student of finance, a student of the stock market, and then the impact that we're making with that, right? So we are an entrepreneurial and educationally based firm. So how are the students and the participants of VBeta, are they learning and are they learning at scale? So how do you stay um, connected with your students? <clears throat> so again, it's the polling, the polling early, polling often. It's, it's polling after the class. We also have, um, you know, they can contact me anytime if they want to have another consultation. You know, we can schedule monthly, weekly consultations. Mm -hmm. Depends on really their need. Yeah. But also at our events that we hold monthly and also a part of the, the V-Beta community. Okay. Sounds good because I'm one of those people that always got questions. So <laughs> I just want to make sure somebody going to answer them. <laughs> okay. So you can choose which you would like to focus this question on, either yourself or the business, although okay. I would prefer to know about you. Okay. <laughs> what does the next five years look for um, look like for your journey? Oh, man. Personally, like I can't even, I, these days I can't you know, talk I'm about just, myself without this business. <laughs> well, that's a part of it, if you can include that. But I just... Okay, let me just preface this by saying <laughs> I do this with most people that come on, but especially with people I know because I am just one of those people that have the gift of stretching people to dream bigger than they are even comfortable dreaming mm -hmm. and to speak it, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll have these things in our mind that we want to do, but I'm not going to say it. And I make people say it. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to hear what, you're, uh, what you imagine your next five years to look like. And then who knows, maybe you'll, I'll be able to play this back when you manifest all of it. Amen. I'm all about manifestation. So uh, the next five years is definitely V-Beta is at scale. It's self-sufficient. It's tech-enabled. Uh, people are using it on their phone as an app, and we're having events internationally. So I, I don't see myself outside of this space. It's really like we're operating. Our program design is operating on all cylinders, and I may or may not be U.S. based at that time. So it's really like, how do we launch this thing to make it so self-sufficient? you know, stateside that we can continue to have events and do things at scale internationally. That's dreaming big, right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. And to me, it's just, it's not unattainable. That's why I love when people speak it because I think we don't speak stuff because we think, oh, this might be too much. No. <laughs> it's attainable. No, it's going to take some work ethic behind it, but oh, yeah. you got this. And plus, when you're in alignment, it all comes together. Um. How can we connect with you online and on social media? Because I know that everybody can can get a tune-up if they already have um, a certain level of financial literacy. And if they don't, they can get the tools they need from you. So where can we connect with you? For sure. So like I said, we are doing a re-relaunch of our website. We're bootstrapping, but you can find us at vbeta.com. That's V-I-E-B-E-T-A.com. Um, also, you can follow us on our brand new IG page. I told y'all we are getting it to scale. The social media marketing has been a struggle, but we're there. At, that's also at vbeta. And if you just want some a consultation and want to reach out to me, it's Ricky, R-I-K-K-I, at vbeta.com. Email me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming and being a part of our podcast. Um, until tomorrow, it's been your, guy, your girl, Heavenly B. Good day.
Hi Preserges County, I am Lillian Torres and here is the latest news for today. A Maryland judge has sentenced a teenager to 50 years in prison for his role in the killing of a 14-year-old girl who was beaten and slashed with a machete in a gang-related attack last year. News outlets report a Prince George's County Circuit Court judge sentenced 17-year-old Josue Fuentes Ponce on Monday. He pleaded guilty to first-degree murder, participating in a gang and conspiracy charges in October. Police and prosecutors have said Ponce was part of a group of teens linked to the gang MS-13 who beat and stabbed Ariana Fuentes-Diaz in April 2019. A co-defendant is set for sentencing in February, and a third suspect has an April trial. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan is highlighting funds to fight crime, improve education, and protect the environment in his budget plan. The Republican governor held a news conference Tuesday to talk about highlights in his $47.9 billion budget proposal for the next fiscal year, which begins in July. The governor is releasing his entire budget Wednesday. The General Assembly, which is controlled by Democrats, will have the rest of the legislative session to work on the budget before adjourning April 6th. Hogan is holding a breakfast with legislative leaders at the governor's residence Wednesday to talk about the budget. And for our last story, Prince George's County and the NAACP are suing the U.S. Census Bureau, saying it doesn't have enough staff in the county. The county has been undercounted every 10 years since 1990, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. The data is used to make funding decisions about things like fire stations, schools, and clinics, which is why an accurate count is critical. Prince George's County was the most undercounted jurisdiction in Maryland in the last census, County Executive Angela Osobrook said. We don't want that to happen again. The county and the NAACP filed a lawsuit in 2018 hoping to force the Census Bureau to pour more resources into the Prince George's County count, but it was rejected. On January 10, an appeals court upheld the suit, saying it's a constitutional right that Prince Georgians and all minority communities in the U.S. are properly counted. The Census Bureau has designated Prince George's heart to count county. County, of, county officials say that's due to the county's elderly population, immigrants, and economically challenged residents. The undercount cost the county more than $360 million in federal funding in 2010. Also, Brooks has hosted block parties and training sessions in the hopes of preparing workers and residents for this year's critical count. The county wants at least as many counters as it had in 2010, but hopes to get a few more. The lawsuit also faulted the Bureau for conducting limited testing, particularly when for the first time it is encouraging most resp respondents to answer the questionnaire online. The count starts next week in rural Alaska, but the rest of the country won't be able to start answering the questions until mid-March. For the Prince George's Daily, I am Lillian Torres.
This podcast is brought to you by Prince George's Community News and Prince George's Community College. Celebrating over 60 years of offering the highest possible standards in college education for the county and the region. Visit us at pgcc.edu. The opinions expressed the on the opinions Prince expressed on the Prince George's Daily Podcast, Daily Podcast do not necessarily represent those of Prince George's, Prince George's, those community, of Prince college, George's community its employees, its or employees, or its the producers of the Prince George's Daily Podcast are Heavenly B, Heavenly B, David Smalls, Josh Smalls, Brian Boykin, Brian Dream, and is executively produced by Dale tomorrow as we continue our discussion in Prince George's County. This is the Prince George's Daily.